0: In this podcast, we will be discussing sensitive subjects like mental health, rape, and suicide, which may be distressing to some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, help and support is available and there for you at Lifeline 13 11 14, Beyond Blue at one the sexual assault domestic violence counseling service at 1-800-737-732 and kids helpline at
1: one 800 you are listening
0: to a sim media podcast in a world of iconic riffs, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural brows. The debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is The Great Metal Standoff. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, rash, and heavy metal community, my name is Jason Evans and this is The Great Metal Standoff the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track-by-track combat. And, if you like a lot of heavy in your music, join our pit. Joining me, Imran is here for his seventh standoff, making him the undisputed MVP of this show. He joins me for a battle between Angel Dust by Faith No More and The Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails, and being a super fan of both records, if I am to properly explore these bands for the first time, you can't get a better guide than Imran. Or maybe we can with our other guest today. Now, not only is it always a great time to talk music with people, but also I'm a long time pro wrestling fan, and it is even better of a time to talk wrestling with like-minded fans. And the longer you go, Being a wrestling fan, you eventually come across a series called Botchamania. And I hear through the grapevine that the man behind Botchamania, Matthew Gregg, one of these albums are one of his favourites of all time. And well, Matthew has been very kind enough to sit down with Imran and I and pit these two wild records into battle. Here's how it's gonna go down. Every album battle will be contested in track by track format by our podcast panel, each individual panelist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panelist awards it a gold star. Watch this space on that one. Once the battle is over, the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panelist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. And finally, the album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. And with that, just one last reminder that this conversation we will be discussing themes of mental health, rape, and suicide. Just for full transparency, we made a concerted effort to keep our rhetoric on these topics PG. But if at any point anything in our conversation becomes distressing to you, remember, help and support is available to you once again the numbers are lifeline at 131114 beyond blue at 1300 22 the sexual assault and domestic violence counselling service at 1800 737 732 and kids helpline at 1800 55 1800 and with that in mind let's begin and Imran, this is your seventh podcast, Lucky Seven, but it's not about us today, is it? Ooh. Oh, it is not. We have a
2: much larger guest with us today. but um,
0: The most ambitious I, crossover we've done. Potentially. The furthest we've gone is we went outside of our metal world. Now we're going outside of music in general, just because I wanted to uh, talk a bit of wrestling with the guest here. He's dialing in from Newcastle upon time, from Her Majesty's United Kingdom, the man... Behind Botchamania, the host of the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast, and something that doesn't get enough love, uh, Scott's blog of doom, weekly article on Scott's blog of doom. I reckon he does great stuff there. But it is Mr. Botchamania,
1: Matthew Gregg. How are you? In good health? Uh, thank you, Jason, for that uh, lovely intro. Yes, uh, I am in good health. I've been going to the gym. So right now I'm knackered because my body's going, whoa, 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 whoa sweet child of mine. What are you doing to yourself? Is that part kind of the uh, day-to-day routine, is it? It's supposed to be, but now my body's like, all right, all right, slow down, kiddo. <laughs> Jesus. You know, so I did like like two days in the trot and went, because right now the gyms in the UK, the one I go to, the, they're like, okay, you have to be here for 50 minutes and then you leave. So I'm like, all right. So I used to, like, you know, when I used to go, used to take my time, all right, have a check some Twitter. But now it's like, all right, move, 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 go, go, go. Because people need to use it. And, you know, as soon as, as, soon as a bit of equipment free, you've got to use it, which is great if you're used to it. My body's just like, nah, no, no, no. No, come on, man. No half measures here. But, no, thank you very much for that lovely intro. It's, I appreciate you reading the Scott Blogger Doom. Yes. In fact,
0: actually, because of the Scott Blog of Doom, now, this is just basically because I got into wrestling Uh, late 08 early 09 and at that point I'm about that's probably me being nine years old so I would come home from school on a Wednesday a Thursday and a Friday and immediately sprint to the tv uh, because on those particular days on a channel called Fox 8 here in Australia it's a pay tv channel uh, that would be Raw, ECW and Smackdown respectively and I watch all of it
1: so uh, it was really fun going
0: back to that time uh, not in one block. I would come home from school oh, on those respective right. days and that would be Oh, so I see. This is a giant
1: six-hour block of wrestling. Imagine
0: right. that. But imagine that. That was the that was the maximum back then
1: of weekly TV. Now it's gotten to like 10, hasn't it? It certainly has. Uh, less is more. They used to yell and I used to, oh, shut up. You don't know what you got. And now it's like, oh, yeah, they were right. <laughs> but no, that was a, it's a good time for the wrestling. That's when I was getting into it more because I'd um, been in it as a kid. And then wasn't able to watch it. Because it used to be on free TV over here in the UK. Yep. And then WWF ended up annoying Channel 4 quite a lot over some weird issues. Um, specifically Mae Young and some stuff she wasn't wearing at the Royal Rumble 2000. And then it wasn't able to be watched as easy as it used to be. But I used to keep up to date with it by reading magazines like Power Slam. And then, yeah, oh eight oh nine, it came a lot easier to watch this stuff. And I was like, oh, great. Let me keep up with this and get more into it. So I'm glad you have that same pool, I guess. Because it's like 90, 97 to two thousand and one, yeah, I know all about it. And then it's like two thousand and two, two thousand and seven. I'm like, yeah, it's all a big blur. But I, I actually genuinely that, like, didn't
0: yeah. expect that from you, Matthew. I would have thought you'd been very well versed. Because I only re- worked out that only very recently that that period of time is considered the dark days. Because it's you know guest host raw era and like the squandering of the nexus and that kind of thing. But I look back at that like, hey, this is a great time, but i didn't really i didn't realize that it's considered like the doldrum of wwe at that point but like i said when you review ecw on sci-fi from 2009 but however it may be rediscovered tony atlas's laugh
1: and that is one of my favorite rediscoveries of all time <laughs> oh yeah i mean i'm with you the to me there's a there's a big difference between 08 and 09 that that period it's very good the the there's a lot of booking that works very well. ECW on Sci-Fi benefited greatly from having these guys. We're going. Ah, we don't want to fire these guys, but we're not doing anything much with it anyway. I don't know. Let's put Miz and Morrison together and see if they have any chemistry whatsoever. Stuff like that. Zack Ryder getting his start. Kofi Kingston getting a start, like that. I think it's a, a much beligned period because of just it being called ECW. But as great as that was, yeah. Um, Raw 2010 to 2012, I want to say. Just, I'd call it the time after that but before uh, The Shield and The White family came in awful apart Absolutely from probably seeing rotten. Punk yeah apart from Punk and Bryan and some bright spots here and there rotten writing Raw and Smackdown on, uh, Smackdown was unwatchable the Raw guest host era the, the Summer of Punk getting ruined uh, and stuff like that it's just yeah oh yeah I'm, I'm with you it's a rotten period but oh and the Nexus yeah that worked out great didn't it but, <laughs> well I- one success story Daniel Bryan I think to say uh, Ryback, right but oh yeah, right Ryback,
0: right of course. Yeah, but yeah, who cares? Um, but no, honestly. But still, again, let's emphasise Tony Atlas's laugh. Got to be one of the greatest again, laughs in his
1: wrestling. Those segments are some of the most insane I've ever seen in wrestling.
0: <laughs> because no one gets it.
1: No one gets the joke. No one is on the same level. They're going for a parody of late night talk shows. So it's like, here's Abraham, Abraham Washington. (laughs) There's some deliberately bad jokes. Yeah. And then there's Tony Atlas to laugh at everything. No one's laughing. No one's booing. It's just sudden silence. as people just like... Like this. That's the noise that we generated. Just, okay. And they're amazing. They're all all on the network. And, oh, sorry, Peacock, whatever you got over there. We don't have have Peacock. I think we still have the network here.
0: Yeah,
1: I guess. But... uh, yeah, they're stunning to watch, because you're like, this this made air? And they kept on doing it, and no one get Every time it comes up, it's just insult, insult. And there's like a line, he ends it on. It's like, well, that's the end of that chapter. And no one even pops for, like, the end. It's just... Okay. <laughs> so great. So, yeah, easy sci-fi. A treasure trove of weird stuff. Especially when you see the young books and other people appearing, so... Final comment I'll make
0: on ECW on Sci-Fi: I will defend until I'm blue in the face that Christian would not have had his
1: World Heavyweight title reign for five days if it wasn't for his ECW run. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I think Christian... They needed that kind of big guy for that program. They had CM Punk. He became too big. Then he was the champ. They had Matt Hardy come on and be that dude. And he was amazing in it. Uh, some of the best punches in wrestling. I forgot all about that. The series of Mark Henry. And then, yeah, Christian perfectly slotted for that. To get himself built up. Yeah. Good times, and it's also like the fact that I use that blog just to type out some stuff. And um, I don't know why Mara Manson came up. I think they used, oh, that's it. The um, this is the new S. There you go. No swearing. No swearing. Um, became the theme for a bit, uh, and then they got rid of it. And I remember saying, I've never really seen Manson the same way after I paid full price for Smells Like Children. Uh, and if people who don't know about that, that is that was barely an EP. Three cover songs, three remixes and some, you know, those weird filler tracks that Rob Zombie used to like later on in his career. And that got more comments in the section than anything to do with the rest. wrestling going, oh, yeah, I I bought that as well, Matthew. <laughs> or like, I haven't respected him since Golden Age of Grotesque. I'm like, yeah. So I'm very flattered that I get to talk about this lovely period of uh, two, of, what do you even call them? Yeah, I guess metal. For the sake of uh, easiness, uh, two amazing metal albums. Over. In terms of uh, the Marilyn Manson,
0: Imran, do you share the same sentiment there?
2: I genuinely have never listened to Marilyn
0: Manson, apart from
2: like that one song, um, <laughs> "The Beautiful People,"
1: which was also the that's, SmackDown theme a...
2: from 02.
0: That's right. There you go. And the yeah, War theme I... for a
1: few months in
0: '97, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But Again, I, I complete, obviously, clearly missed the Attitude Era completely, and yeah. the Ruthless Aggression Era. So I am a completely different league. I'm sure all the wrestling fans love me. But, Matthew, we brought you here to talk about Faith No More and The Downward Spiral. I must ask, is this your first non-wrestling-centered
1: podcast you've ever done? Uh, I did one about One Piece, which <laughs> isn't metal, but mm. uh, this is the first one about music. First music podcast. Actually, no, that's true. I did something about video game music. Um, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be like an hour long, the video game hour, and it did like two hours because they're like, who you think's better, Batista or Triple H? I'm like, I'm tired, guys. It's, it's 5 a.m. So yeah, this, this is the first music one, proper music, I guess, to, to annoy some people, some tune artists. So yes, and I'm flattered because it's one of my favourite albums, possibly my favourite album of all time, and that is Faith No More, Angel Dust. So when and this battle was I proposed, what, was what went through your head immediately? I'm going to have to think of something positive to say, but <laughs> there's the downward spiral compared to this album. This beautiful monstrosity, this deep, evil, dark, twisted, industrial, jazz, twisted experiments with sleep deprivation, if I remember my interviews right, with Mike Patton uh, album. That is Angel Dust. And also, Trent Reznor. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Featuring Angel Dust, Faith No More, Mike Patton, the dude from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And then also appearing, <laughs> one exciting match, already in the corner to my right, Trent Reznor. No, this will be a fair fight, I'm sure. Imran, where do you stand very, on this battle?
2: It's going to be a very interesting fight, I got to say, because I I've got my suspicions on which way I'm leading. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's I don't know yet. It's these are both two very conceptually interesting albums, and it's they're so hard to describe, like what they are, and especially like putting them up against each other, two very different sounding albums as well, like. One of them super visceral, super heavy and dark. The other one a little more playful, but also has its really weird moments. I don't know. Oh shit! I'm gonna see where this goes. <laughs> that was my phone. I'm sorry. I it, I
0: <laughs> Dropping the phone. Um. Hmm. So, to both of you, gentlemen, what do these bands mean to you? Um.
1: Uh, Matthew. Oh, sure You make noise. I thought you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'll go. I'll, just... I'll go first. There's yeah. no problem. Fave No More, to me, were always, uh, going up, the band that had the song Epic. And I thought for a while that they were just the little brother, the one they don't talk about, the Bark Gun to Red Hot Chili Peppers' Billy Gun uh, with the funky and the giant shirts and the, can you feel it? Sear it, hear it, Da-da, and all this. And then I, my uh, dad, who has an amazing taste in music going back all the way to their 20s with these amazing CDs he's got. He's one of those those dads that has those giant CD uh, album stackers just with everything he's ever listened to ever. He's not, not binned anything. He's kept it. He's a guy that has all the bootlegs for Grateful Dead. He's one of those dudes. So I'd notice he goes, oh, you've got a Faith No More album. Aw, it's not the one with Epic. Uh, so I looked at the cover, and because it's just a, a bird, a duck, a Swan, maybe. I can tell I'm, I know my birds. and um, I'm like, nah. you know, at this time, every, you know, the other bands I would listen to at the time, I don't know, Slipknot, someone was like, yeah, we're so cool and edgy and... Uh. And this is just, oh, a duck. Ugh. So just look at that. I don't know what it's going to sound like. It's going to be just quacking or something. I was like, oh, all right, maybe I'll listen to it. So I kept it in my room and was like, nah. and it was it's such a... You know when you listen to an album and you sum it up with a period of your life? This was during my GCSEs when I would have been 14, 15, no, 15, 16. Oh, 16, beg your pardon, sorry, I'm being stupid here. And my room was being, uh, was covered in plastic, like uh, in the Palmer from Twin Peaks, while they were having construction in the house to renovate the attic. So all everything had been moved out of there because we would just get covered in sawdust and stuff. So everything looked like, you know, uh, Dexter's room. Um, just plastic everywhere in case of a murder or something. So all I had was the little Walkman and, you know, some notes for school. So like, all right, okay, cool. Well, I've got nothing else to do. I might as well listen to uh, Faith No More, right? And I still remember the, the putting that CD in, click and play, and then just the opening bit of Land of Sunshine. Uh, I'm like, what the hell is this? This is what I was expecting. This is a, very heavy and very dark and all over the place. This... There is no Epic here. There's no jumping around going, yeah, cool. No, this is a very different album than what was expected. Because this is my first exposure to
0: Faith No More, Matthew, I made sure not to listen to Epic so I could just judge the rest of Angel Dust without needing the uh, the preconceived information of Epic. And yeah, it's it's what a, what an interesting listen. In contrast, Imran, The Downward Spiral, what made that so massive?
2: The Downward Spiral is such an interesting album because it, like compared to Nine Inch Nails earlier or the stuff they released before this, it's so different. So uh, it's it's like a new take on I guess what Trent Reznor was trying to do. And um, from my research, it says he was inspired a lot by um, by The Wall by Pink Floyd and uh, David Bowie's album Low, which um, which are both concept albums. So kind of you can like listening back to the album with that in mind, kind of knowing that you can really hear the inspiration of just the way the album is structured and i don't know it's so cool i really love it i the whenever i think of the downward spiral the first thing that comes to my mind is the whole album is just a a dance party in hell that's that's Hmm. what i picture it's just yeah repetitive beats super grimy evil
0: sounding sounds everything is just visceral and interesting i love it i'm glad you mentioned that point of um the fact that the downward spiral is very inspired by the walkers. because you can make connections there. I think we can talk about that once we get to the battle. How about this? Let's get to the battle. Let's signal to our timekeeper. And ring the bell. Yes. Final question we must explain right out of the gate. Matthew and Imran, shall we include Easy, the Lionel Richie cover? Yes.
1: Uh, no. No, wait, uh, if it helps me win, then yes, yes. Uh, depends, Imran. Do you like the song? Um, I can't
2: spoil. I, I played the Fifth Amendment. I can't. I can't tell you now.
1: Oh, that's that's good. It's good. You're a good poker player, Imran. All right then. Um, sure, you, you will. You, we're we're going to make it Are official. We're going to add. Can we look Me look at my cards. Yeah. We're going to add easy. Yeah. All right, it's official. Even though I we're don't gonna... want to because the original version did not have it on, but. I've now also got the Deluxe album that got re-released a few years ago, and it does have Easy on, so I'm a giant hypocrite. That's, that's why I wanted to check. That is why I wanted to check. Well, let's begin. Land
0: of Sunshine versus Mr. Self-Destruct. Matthew, as the guest, please let us begin.
1: What more can you say about the Land of Sunshine? Then? The opening sound of what I can only describe as a horde of pianos hurtling down the stairs, landing... In a sea of drums. That is the Land of Sunshine intro. Uh, This was the opening sound of the album that I've come to love after all these years that I was not expecting. As I said beforehand, expecting some, you know, hey, chili peppers, California. And instead, I got this horrific sounding intro to a beautiful song. I believe the story is that uh, by Patton or someone else from Faith No More took the lyrics from a Scientology or Scientologist uh, questionnaire that they were given. I may have just made that up and assumed that was read somewhere. Imran's not in his head. That's confirmation. Thank you. That's right. From the peanut gallery. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so it's such a, does life seem worthwhile to you? As people are laughing maniacally in the background while these chugging riffs are playing and the synth as well. Do you often stop and whistle just for fun? What a way to start. What a way to get you sat down, strapped in and ready for an hour and 10 minutes of heavy going. Uh, I love it. I think it sets the scene, sets the tone, even though the tone and everything else does change quite dramatically, often from track to track in this album. Uh, love it. Love this song. I haven't got a way to close it. So let's say I love it one more time. and we'll go to Imran.
2: Sweet. Um, look, I'm a bit of a sucker for bass guitars. And uh, this song has an amazing lead bass part in the, in the main, main part of the song. So that's, that's a tick already. I, I love the keys in the background. The, the vocals are just classic Mike Patton. Mike Patton is one of my top five singers. So I'm going to be like, what's the word? Just lost my train of thought. Anyway, I love the piano in the background. The, it kind of sounds like a circus, uh, the, the descending piano. Bit of a, bit of a yeah. circus vibe that I really like. I described like. it as carny as well. So yeah. Yeah. And um, the, the part, uh, the song that really stands out to me is the the little operatic break. The just like switches to this weird bridge and Mike Mike Patton just belts out this operatic little little lick and I just oh that's all I can say. Going up against uh, Mister Self Destruct, it's a very it's it's a tough choice at the moment because Mister Self Destruct is also possibly one of my favourite album openers to an album. It's just the the dizzying sounds the of the sense It sounds like it's very fast moving, but it's not actually moving that fast. The the super e- extreme distortion. The the little quiet middle part is just spooky. It's a lot, but it's so good. My the song is just the, the guitar outro of this song is quite possibly my favorite part. It's I don't know, it's just so cool. I don't know how to describe it other than messy and crazy and just exciting. Just grips you like
0: yeah. Imran, I, do you know who played guitar on Mr. Destruct?
2: It was, um, I write down his name.
0: It was Adrian, Adrian Ballew of King Crimson. Ballew. That's the one.
2: Was it? Apparently, yeah. Oh. It was. Thoughts on King he, he Crimson? He plays on the whole album, doesn't he? Uh, he? I'm pretty sure he plays on the whole album, doesn't he?
0: Not sure. Well, fact checkers. Facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But honestly, King Crimson and Nine Inch Nails is not a duet I didn't I'd expect to hear, because this is also my very first time checking out Nine Inch Nails as well. Didn't expect to see King Crimson appear on this.
1: Uh, I'm into King Crimson because my uh, dad was, and uh, because he's one of the main characters in Jojo uh, Part 5, I haven't had that line next to me. Because um, all the characters from Jojo, the anime, they're all named after metal and rock songs. A lot of them have to be changed over for the Western release because of silly issues like copyright, uh, of which I have no understanding of, obviously. And Yeah, so it's like, let me actually listen to King Crimson and see what they sound like, because there's like guys like Black Sabbath and Dio and all this rest. I know who they are. Let's listen to this. Um, In the Hall of the Crimson Kings, my reference for King Crimson. What an album. Almost, I can see, I mean, in the Court of the Crimson, that that wall of noise, as it were, um, is. I can see some similarities here with this, uh, Mr. Self-Destruct, with, again, as Imran said beautifully there, the distortion uh the the deliberate distortion as well which i think is funny nowadays with the loudness war kicking in louder than ever (laughs) that we have distortion but intentional but here it's intentional it's deliberately rough so there's bits where you know it's like instead of you going oh okay that's a guitar oh okay that's a keyboard it's just noise it's just loud and rough and distorted like and i'm like i don't know what the hell that is but you know it's nine inch nails Where's our first point like finishing my points because they always build and build and build and it's just and that was the end of that thought. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we can cap it off with where's your point lying, Matthew? <laughs> oh my,
1: my point is firmly in the Fave No More Cup. Used to hearing that. Imran?
2: I'm gonna have to agree. I'm gonna give the first one to Angel Dust.
1: Wait, really? I thought you said it was like your favorite opener.
2: It is. It's a it, this is a very tough choice, but Land of Sunshine is also a very solid opener.
1: I'll defend, though, and say Mr. Self-destruct, the whole album, and I think Nightshells do this with a lot of their albums, this really feels like an opener. I mean, might say, like, an odd thing to say, but not albums, I'm sorry, not all albums have songs that sound like this is the start of something. This is the start of a journey. And it's definitely set the tone, sets the pace, the idea. Um, so I'll give credit to that. And also, with Dave No More, Land of Sunshine, I do think there's a little line there. It's like, Was it, does does emotional music often have an effect on you? Yep. Which I think is what we call uh, foreshadowing, or at least prefacing, because this is an emotional album. And I think, obviously, that that they are taking the stuff from Scientology, but the fact they are talking, going, are you ready for this, lads? Are you ready for this carnival ride that we're going down, as you said beforehand, with the music playing, Because this is going to be an emotional album, and it might have an effect on you. Nice.
0: Uh, by the way, to con- uh, to add on to your point of saying you know that this is the damn straight opener, Mr. Self-Destruct, connoted perfectly with the very hollow drum, sounds like a heartbeat. And then it speeds up as we go along. Oh. Nice little connotation there. Yeah. But no, I'm in agreement with the both of you. I'm taking Land of Sunshine. Carney intro. Love it. The fact that we've all agreed on Land of Sunshine and the passionate plea that our Mr. Botchamania man, Matthew, has given us, I think, Imran, we have a challenge on our hands. Let's see if we can get at least one
1: song for Matthew to pick against Rayshelon Moore. I reckon that's possible. i mean Let's do it. I think I could do it. I mean, there's some, I mean, you're not picking just, you know, this isn't Melbourne's number one Nine Inch Nails tribute band. This is Nine Inch Nails' Downward Spiral. There are some very good songs on this album. Okay. Well, let's just see if we can get at least
0: one point in the downward spiral column with Matthew next to Matthew's name. All right, Caffeine versus Piggy.
2: I I reckon Piggy is one of the best songs on Nine Inch Nails, the downward spiral. Slow, bluesy, brooding. Kind of got that like old style, like soul, real low, whispery. I don't, I don't want to say sexual, but like kind of sexual. Like just, you know, really nice.
0: You can hear it in the um, vocal delivery so i can see yeah.
2: your point. low and like whispery and yeah it's just a nice organ there's, and there's some nice ambient sounds in the background my favorite part of this track by far is the really slow build up to the really messy almost you could call you could almost call it bad uh drum solo but i don't know it's just it's really cool it's so visceral it's Everything about this album is just—it's got something to it that just makes you feel a bit on edge, a bit—I don't know—like
0: you, you feel like there's there's something coming for you, and yeah, I just I love it. It's certainly the first sign of that. And uh, just looking up the the fun facts, um, Imran, since you're the person who studied music theory in VC, I really do want you to help me through this because you learn when you talk when you start uncovering the details of the downward spiral of this downward spiral motif. And apparently Piggy is one of the first songs to have that motif and it's done through a musical phrase. Could you just break that down for me?
2: I think that's the, the little keyboard melody at the end, isn't it? The, um, the descending melody on the keyboard, that, that motif that comes, it comes through a few times on the album. Yeah. That, um it just slowly descends. It's a really nice motif. It's, um, I guess it, you want me to explain like what kind of uh, scale it is or
0: explain however you feel like,
2: I don't know. I mean, like, it's just, it's a, it's a downward scale. It's I, I guess in terms of music a lot, because it, it's repetitive, it just loops. So I guess spiraling further and further once you play the, the riff enough, it's just, it sticks. It's uh, I don't know. I forgot who said it. Um, in music, repetition is key and if you repeat something enough it's i guess that's the foundation of like all pop music is repetition so once you once you cement something in someone's brain it's going to be there so with like little if you're going to scatter little um like motifs and melodies in the throughout the album you know by the end of it people are going to pick it up and be like oh that was there earlier you know it's it's a recurring thing it's a it's a theme of some sort
0: set up a plot element and pay it off later yeah
1: Matthew, yeah. Contrasting Absolutely. caffeine. I'm really glad. I'm really, I'm really glad that Imran resisted the urge to talk about the motif, and he did his best not say, "Well, it's a downward spiral." <laughs> well done, Imran. I, I um, really tried. And now caffeine, which is something very dear to my heart, so it might be an easy win already. Yeah, I mean, musically, I'm not a someone who is well versed in describing music, so you have to bear with me. Um, this song is it's very visceral in the language, and the it's the angry guitars work well with it. The way the song's put together, I enjoy. The lyrics are nothing, all right? There's no real meaning or cohesiveness to them, but I do enjoy them. Almost like the feeling of caffeine, where everything's just happy and fast and you're awake, and I think maybe I'm giving them way too much credit by saying that was deliberate. I feel like I'm um, fan wanking there, but I don't care. Uh, I if believe I'm not mistaken, song... oh please go ahead. I was going to
2: say, if I'm not mistaken, is this the one where Mike Patton wrote this after like being awake for like three days?
1: See that. Thank you. I I had read somewhere that that's the entire album was. I think it was actually Crank Magazine when they named this the number one album of the '90s, um, and they. Yeah, they said it was a, the album was an experiment in uh, sleep deprivation. But specifically one, this seems to be because it's called Caffeine, alleged, apparently Mike Partner said somewhere that this was the song he said, well, let's see how long I can stay awake. And I'm not... Hmm, I'll, I'll preface this by saying this was not necessarily a good idea at the time, but during 09 2010, I did go to the pier going, wow, let me see how long I can stay awake for, how little sleep I need Uh, I'll be like Mike Patton, because obviously you do these stupid things, that's all it takes, I won't get a recording studio, I won't get some guys, I won't know the dude from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey I'll just just not sleep and just see what the effects are (laughs) Uh, they're hard to describe because the body needs sleep to think and you're trying to think with no energy, so it's like, you know Trying to make a phone call with no signal. Um wow. uh, I've been there. Ex- yeah, oh, Imran's yeah, Hey, dissertation's it's full well. Yeah, so it has an effect on you, but not necessarily a positive one or a constructive one. And I feel like this is what the song is saying. None of the lyrics make sense. He sings about concrete. Um, it's a phase. You'll just grow out of It doesn't really fit in with the rest of the song, but I like it anyway. It's very superfluous. In that sense, I guess. so I love it to bits, but in the interest of fairness, this or Piggy. I do like the keyboard bit at the end of Piggy. Which again, also the lyrics don't seem to be very uh sticking to one thing. It's like, hey pig, okay, march the pigs, it's the police and stuff. No, it's just actual pig, is it? It's an actual pig, is he Mason Verger perhaps? Maybe he's brick top, I don't know. So Maybe just
2: um, calling out to a pig. Hey Piggy yeah. Piggy.
1: We've had a hot opener and this is the cool down match. Um, so it's hard to. They're both good, but none of them are essential songs on the album, I think. So, hi. Oh, I,
2: yeah. I could argue caffeine is an essential song on Faith No More. ai am a bit of a sucker for that song.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Just because you're being nice and run, I'm going to say, you know what? I think Piggy and its motif of spiraling downwards, ha ha ha. I'm going to go with Piggy for this one. Oh,
2: I'll, already. I was going to go with Piggy too.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> no, you tricked me. No. <laughs> Imran, how could you? <laughs> I
2: thought I would. Song two. Oh. How much do I win?
0: Come on. Song two. Yeah, Jason. song two. We managed to oh. get him onto a 90s nails. Well done. Oh, well <laughs> done. Gloves I, are
1: off, ladies and gentlemen. We're starting our
0: I think Downward Spiral have won- got the moral win tonight. Fantastic. But uh, no, don't worry, Matthew. It's I'll right. take caffeine. 2-0 for it's me. Caffeine no, caffeine,
1: of, I
0: don't, know. don't get me wrong.
1: Caffeine's
2: a great song. I love it.
0: Yeah. I do agree with Matthew in a sense that it does. It is the cool down after Land of Sunshine, but uh, it's a better song than Piggy in my view. All right. Next battle. Now let's put it this way. It's got the song Hearsay on it. That's the uh, battle. And I'm terrible with the pronunciation of this word. If Hearsay went up against Caffeine, I would have picked it, but it doesn't. It goes up against Midlife Crisis. <laughs> We
2: skip to skip this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs>
0: Easy oh, this pick. Is, this is no nope. Is it not? Okay. It's, Explain
2: why. It's one of the worst ones for me. I Midlife Crisis is an instant class like it, I know it's the most popular Faith No More song. Like it's for for a reason. It it is an amazing song. It's it's one of those songs that just speaks for itself. It's it's consistent. It's nice. It's, it's just a boogie the whole way. And some of the, like, I, I guess I could imagine some of the vocal deliveries in it, like in the, in the verse, the weird raspy, low vocal delivery is a bit visceral for the, what the rest of the song is. But I don't know. It just gives it that Faith No More sound, that, that, little, that little thing that they add to their songs. It's just, you know, it's a Faith No More song. Now, Up Against Heresy... I thank you for pronunciation now. yeah Introing this like 80s like cyberpunk sound uh, like on this bass I guess. Um, it got this weird Prince vibe to it. Uh, like real retro, industrial I don't know if you can really compare it to like um, the patch mode or whatever, but that's kind of what I think of. Like that's really like early industrial and I don't know. It's just it's such an interesting song. It's a Going from that like really kind of light pop, almost like pop sounding verse to the just God punch in the face. Is God dead. Is dead, and no one cares. Yeah, like yeah. what a, what a punch. Yeah. The the hypnotic drums in the middle just really suck you in.
0: I like the, that word that hypnotic. Little, yeah,
2: damn right. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first. I think I still remember the first time I listened to it was just yeah. I that was all I could think of was just, it just sucks you in more and more. The, the synth part or the, or the guitar, maybe I I genuinely don't know if it's a synth or a guitar playing, but like that solo that happens, it's yeah, this is a tough one. Yeah. I, I haven't made my choice yet.
1: So Ooh. So so first, I'm, I'll say this is the first battle of the heavyweights so far. Uh This is the Hagler Hearns of the album. Cause uh, Lyrically, I think it's all about the lyrics right now. Heresy. I did bless you, by the way. Your adorable saying hearsay. So, um, but heresy is, uh, yeah, God is dead and no one cares. Oh, If there God, is a hell, we'll so see you there. Oh, I mean, whew. okay, you got me there, pal. And the... it's. Weird. I like Danny Schnell's... They did more of this on um, Pretty Hate Machine, where they have this ambient... I was going to say almost low, deliberately low quality, but I think that's one of these... Six and two, three situations where that's what they had access to at the time. But it's like this ambient background music to uh, a PC game. And then the guitars and everything else will kick in. So I'll do like um, Heresy's... I'm going to say Hearsay. Hearsay's um, opening sound and now uh, transitions to, you know... Sound all night nice and the lyrics uh vocals. are like this very soothing. God is dead! Oh, okay. that That's pretty impressive. But then again, it's been the midlife crisis, isn't it? crisis. I mean, everything in Runcie I agree with. Going from just the vocal uh, changes from Mike Patton, going from. Yeah. And then sense of security. He's almost doing the same thing Trent Reznor's doing, where like, oh I can do that angry stuff and I can also do this thing. With my voice that sounds all jingling. It's like, yes. Make it all grandiose, cause they know they can. So I think we'll have to go with the judges. Hang on, let's see. It's a nine ten round all the way up to the final. The chorus. You're perfect. Yes, it's true. But without me, you're only you. Only you. You're only you. And yeah, you're menstruating heart. It ain't bleeding enough for two. All right. There's plenty of times in the Dales album where there's lyrics I can go, oh, I can relate to feeling like that in that downward spiral. I don't feel like that and stuff like that. And he's, obviously, he the sings about relationships. But I've not related to anything on this album yet as half as much as that. <laughs> Somewhat, just about certain exes, um, people no longer in my life. <laughs> your menstruating heart ain't bleeding enough for two. What's that? There are hearts forming around your eyes right now uh, as you describe uh, midlife crisis. <laughs> oh, I know. Why is it? I, I'm relating the song midlife crisis? Oh, fantastic! It could be called <laughs> I'm happy and secure, could it? So I'm gonna be i am you know. so, I'm gonna be a bit of a party pooper. The whole yeah, that's
0: a meh. but everything else is great. Midlife crisis? Oh, you like that? Not really. Just not not that I don't like it. Just eh. Everything else in the song's better than that.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But I mean, the mo. but honestly, again, first time listening to Angel Dust, that drum, the drum line, the chorus, it has not left my head. So it hasn't left my head. Midlife Crisis all the way, 3 0 for me. But Heresy would get a point if it wasn't up against Midlife Crisis, because I think that's probably top three off Downward Spiral for me. It's definitely up there. I'm not sure where that ranks for you, Imran, but it's definitely a top three song for me. I, I think I'm going to pick it.
1: Really? Midlife
0: Crisis.
2: Yeah. It, it hurts, but it, it's physically hurting me
0: right now, but I'm going to pick it. <laughs> what about Matthew? Midlife Crisis or Heresy?
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, I am having a midlife crisis.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lovely. All right. RV versus March of the Pigs.
2: <sighs> Man, RV is such a weird song.
1: That's... Yeah, really, this is this is a squash match. Uh, RV is, well, first of all, we'll get the elephant out of the room. It's the Super Mario Brothers uh, underwater music. Oh, my God, it is. The made disenfranch-
0: that before. With that disenfranchised gravelly spoken word.
1: Yes, yes you know. <laughs> I hate you talking to my... Like, uh, it's like... So- Everybody's at me.
0: There's some pretty guitar parts in yeah. it's the song's defense. There are some very pretty guitar melodies in that. Definitely.
1: It is. It's 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 just an odd little song from an odd little album. I do like it, but I don't go, oh yes, R V by Faith no more. You know, it's not it's not one of the album's highlights for me, just in terms of the themes that everyone else is happening in the album, and this song, and this song, and this song, and then suddenly, do 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 do. Mike Patton apparently impersonating a fat guy sitting in a trailer, what eating eating horrible food, watching horrible TV from his quote. I'm like, fantastic. But it's almost like it's almost like a commercial break in between the rest of the songs we'll go on. Uh, so between that and March of the Pigs, oh come on, Absolutely. I think we will go right over be. to Imran, who's going to sing, tell us all about the great motifs of uh, yes.
0: Please do it, Imran. March of the Pigs, yeah.
2: Um, I mean March of the Pigs is just like you said, I, I don't see R V and think yes, R V by faith no more. But I see March of the Pigs and I think, Yes, March of the Pigs by Nine Inch Nails. Like just the the absolute thrasher of an intro. The like every instrument's just super super punchy, very just rhythmically cool. And and then all of a sudden, at the at the end of the first first half of the song, you just get that little. Doesn't it make you feel better? I hope that throws you straight, off the first time you hear that. Right back into the song after that. Yeah, just a little jump scare. Yeah, that's March of the pig. Like I RV cool. I I don't want to discredit RV here. It's as weird of a song as it is. I really like Mike Patton's like super low Elvis type singing, and like you said, the guitar
0: melodies are really nice. But no, March of the pig's very easily. I I would call it the song of the album honestly that's my favourite The Downward Spiral I'll call it now if it wasn't for the last song I think you'd you'd be right there ooh foreshadowing so I think it sounds like all three of us March of the Pigs
1: yeah there'll be times when I'll go All right, let me stick on a song cool March of the Pigs and there'll be times I'll stick on a Faith Do More song and it'll never be RV even though I still like the craziness and the fact that the Super Mario Brothers underwater music's playing yeah Sorry, sorry, Mike. No problem, Matthew. Okay, score check. Imran,
0: downward spiral leads three to one. For myself, it is three to one angel dust. Matthew, it's a draw for you. Two all. Stop, I'm, you. St- I'm still stretching. Still warming up, man. Do me squat. This one's a battle for me. Track five, smaller and smaller versus closer. I'm going to need some convincing, gentlemen. I don't understand why Closer is the most popular Nine Inch Nails song ever. Oh, thank you. Good, good. I'm in, the, I'm in good company here. Oh, really? I didn't, didn't anticipate that. Imran, um, try and convince me as I mean, to why Closer is one of the best songs offered. I mean, I guess I could
2: understand why Closer is the most popular Nine Inch Nails song. Because it's it's just groovy the whole way through. There's, there isn't anything... Well, I wouldn't say weird. I, it's... It's still got some weird parts, but it's it's the most accessible out of everything on this album, I would argue, because it's just you can just bop to it the whole time. You can just move to one tempo and just you know. And especially as the after you get through the first part of the song, after the verses and the choruses, the second half of the song is just a dance party. It's just you're you're going into an elevator and suddenly everything's getting a bit hotter and then people are dancing all around you and it's just, you're going through different levels. It, yeah, it's just, it's a whole journey after that of just dancing. That's like, it's, it's just imagery. And even the, I guess the, the topic of the song isn't particularly commercial or, yeah, in terms of anything. It's just, it's a funky song. It's It, it goes hard. It's it's catchy. It's, it's a really solid song. And that's I believe the song that's got the the little piano motif um more on display at the end, where it kind of comes in as just a singular piano playing after after everything and it's just a bit of ambience hmm. yeah it's it's a really good song. Upper gets smaller and smaller that's a this This is where it gets a bit tricky because I really like smaller and smaller agreed It's one of those songs I think it was the first song that stood out to me on this album. When I first listened to it, it's kinda of got a it's got a bit of a deer vibe to it. It's just got that, that epic, like big mountain feel. The especially in the chorus. The the chorus is my favorite part where it just my cat just belts out just big scream and then suddenly turns into like a dolphin or something. Yeah, it it's, gets really sinister.
0: It's,
2: yeah, it's so cool.
1: Cool. Nine channels, closer, I'm sure in another world, another time of my life, I would have said that this is a fantastic song and I love the animalistic themes of becoming more and more intertwined and embracing the animistic side of things after Resnor's had a go at all these poor pigs throughout this album. Now Nine Wants to Be One, Trent, Mixed Signals, pal. But I am never picking this for anything favourable for the simple fact that the amount of bleeding times this came on a clubs that I went into on a Saturday night all by my lonesome and this bloody never ending song would come on. And the idea is when the song comes on with a bum 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 I wanna do this the PG PG podcast like a so and so and if you've got someone and you can do the slow waltz, it's a bit of a in between, between Mudvayne Dig or whatever that's just been on, you can. Oh, all right, now's the time of night where me and this person who I've either been with before the night or I'm getting with during the night are going to boogie and sing the song together and then, uh, and then we're just going to leave the club. Cool. Not one time in my life have I done that with somebody at a club. So, hey, if you've got somebody, if you've got a fellow human being or you've got a pig or whatever Trent President would like you to have during the song, fantastic. I'm sure this is top 10 songs listened listen to and you're with your mates or your significant other or whoever the hell you picked up right now. For all the single men who've had to listen to this bloody song by themselves, looking around, couple to the left, hmm, couple to the right, hmm, and a, a in my hand and nothing in my other. Oh, great. Good job it's a short song though, isn't it? Oh, it's only about seven bleeding minutes long with an outro that no sensible DJ would ever shorten or abridge. Oh, Let me correct you, boom, boom, 6.13. Boom, 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 boom. You're like, how, m- how long is it? 6.13. 6.13. And three of those minutes have lyrics. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I mean, if Trent Reznor showed up the last three minutes and went, have you got anybody yet? <laughs> bom, 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 bom. You mean to tell me I put out this funky disco song and you haven't got anybody? <laughs> bom, 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 bom. Ha, ha, ha. You're not going to get effed like a pig. You're going to <laughs> go home right. and eat from your pig trough by yourself someone help him <laughs> i didn't mind to the thing. delivery of the help me i didn't mind that but all right <laughs> yeah so so the simple reason there i'm sure any of the time in my life if i would pulled with the song looked around and looked and there's someone going yeah nice nails, right you'd be
2: very biased on the song
1: i'm, I'm 10 out of 10 i'd send yeah. love letters i send a christmas card to trent Reznor every every uh, december <laughs> so for the simple reason i can Way more relate to Mike Patton singing about being insignificant with a fantastic chugging riff there, reminiscent of early 90s, between and, just as for all, Black Album Metallica, I felt. Uh, just, yeah, singing about being nothing, about a worker, worth nothing, being insignificant, smaller and smaller. Uh, I can relate more to that than I can. bom boom, bom bom bom, bom 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 you've got no one. <laughs> You're single and no one cares. I'll make it worse for you, Matthew. Oh no, no! Don't tell me it's all you Matt. You oh, are going on. Uh, I'm not going ta- to. I'm not. No, you. no, no!
0: I'm not going to take closer. It's just that the beginning, you know, the bomb. Wow. Today, I re-listened to the song today, and immediately it went through my head. Modest on the tent, The top. Modest, Imran. That is a Jeff Hardy's <laughs> TNA theme from 2010.
1: Oh my god, you're right. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dear. it's good to actually. Yeah. <laughs> bom, 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 bom.
0: So now every time I hear the start, I hear modest.
1: <laughs> i want a swanton closer to God. I'm to touching story about how you and Imran met, and it was on the, this song came on, and your eyes met. On oh one. no way, uh, no way. way. <laughs> we, I think the first band we bonded on was a perfect
0: circle, the, or specifically oh, okay. the song yeah. Pet. Yeah, Pet. Fantastic track, but smaller and smaller wins. It's smaller and smaller wins for me.
1: And Uh, clearly it does for you,
0: Matthew,
1: too. Yeah. Take that biggest song by Nine Inch Nails.
0: Imran, defend the honour of Nine Inch Nails or are you going to join us? Oh, this is such a hard pick. Um, Smaller and Smaller
2: is an amazing song, but I am a sucker for some wah on a bass, some really funky type bass. I love the funk and the bass. I'm going to have to
0: pick Closer. Just pure, pure business. Okay. Nothing personal. No that's business. No problamo, mate. No prolamo. All right, score cool. check. 4-1 Angel Dust for me. Matthew, 3-2, Angel Dust. Imran, 4-1 downward spiral. Ooh. Moving on now. How everything's ruined versus ruiner. Oh, a lot of ruin. That's a it's a little motif itself there. Uh don't really like ruiner all that much. I think that's a bit of a weak one. But everything's everything's ruined, however. Not a bad
2: track i like everything's ruined the the intro part um reminds me of uh my my music teacher back in vc used to have this um they used to have this word that he called for really super weird dissonant sounding chords and he used to whenever he used to play a chord that was really dissonant he'd go shram and when whenever i listen to the opening of everything's ruined i just imagine my my guitar teacher playing this. she's going shram just the, the really dissonant, <laughs> super disorienting opening, but it's really cool. Once all the instruments come in, it just, the song makes sense. It's got that, it's got a real ballad feel, kind of a bit of a guns and roses vibe, um, interestingly, but I, I really like it. It's got that like nineties alternative metal, like almost like post grunge kind of feel to it. It's just everything in it flows nicely. All the chords just feels like, it's just one of those really nice songs. We've got Mike Patton obviously just wailing his guts out. It's super catchy. Every it's, it's a nice song. Ruiner, I, I'd have to agree, one of the weaker songs, but I, I like it. It's It flows nicely from the last song. It just kind of comes straight and continues that like dance party feel. Kind of feels like the, the synth kind of feels a bit intergalactic, almost like I feel like, feel like I'm in a spaceship. Um, the, the super fuzzy guitar that solos in it is super cool. I really love it. But I think this one, I have to pick Everything's Ruined.
0: It's at this point where I think on both records, I'm really beginning to appreciate how much funk there is, like inspired on both of them. I'm really Definitely. enjoying that element. Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, very funky, but uh, different versions of funk. Absolutely. I'm not picking Runa. But I do want to say the keyboard synth in this song is beautiful. I mean, it's one of the highlights of this period of Nine Inch going back to pre-Hate Machine. Just seeing what they were doing with the keyboards, the Casio keyboards that they borrowed from all those colleges, and never gave back, uh, and then destroyed on stage. It's a very nice Trent Reznor. And um, it's, it's impressive to me just to see because looking at the technology they had, you know, think about what guys like Depeche Mode. And whatever I had back in the day, and how they were able to create this stuff, sort of and Tangerine Dream and whatever. And now at this period of history, and what they're able to do with what they have. Because nowadays you make anything sound like anything; it's very easy. But this is still a different time for this type of music. The music here is just stunning. The background, the ambiance, as you said there, the uh, the spaceship music. Yeah, I, think I would definitely agree with that. But everything's ruined. I mean, it's so bittersweet. Such an upbeat medley about everything being crap.
0: It is. It's... Nothing
1: being right. Everything's just, nothing worked out how we expected it. And you know what? Everything's ruined. Yeah. Yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's ruined. There. I saw Fave No More at a Download 2009. Sat there with Oh, her. how was that? Oh, I was happy because I, um, by the time I got to Fave No More, I knew who they were. They'd already split up. That famous bit where they said we would like to stop all the rumours about us splitting up by announcing that we split up uh, it's after King for a Day. No, that's not true. Uh, after Album of the Year, which is the most cynical album I've ever heard. It's a cynical name for an album I've ever heard because no, it is, no, it wasn't. And thinking, oh no, how would it, oh all these great bands like I don't know, Lyny- Lynyrd Skynyrd, I'll never get a chance to. But like Faith No More seems like a '90s band. I'm not gonna listen to. Oh, it's a shame. Then, you know, they were getting back together. I was like, oh, bought the tickets. First week they came out, went and saw them. And they're there just singing, reunited. And it feels so good. Oh, fantastic. And, yeah, everything's ruined. When you to this by itself and you're paying attention to the lyrics and how it sounds, you are like, yeah. You can be in a bit of a negative mindset, um, despite of the positivity of the song and the lovely riffs. I got consumed
0: by the positivity of that, Matthew. I just, I kind of get perked up listening to it.
1: But I was going to say, that's the thing, that context is king. There, it downloads, surrounded by people, everything's ruined, yeah. Like, oh, you're right. This can be either a negative or a positive song, depending on your mindset. If you're surrounded by thousands of Faith No More fans and they're back and, you know what, everything's ruined, yeah. So I will give that a point just for the lovely song, about negativity? Something I can relate to. Imran? Uh, everything's ruined for me.
0: Not literally, nah. just the, the song. Just the song. Like
1: Nine <laughs> Nails' like, yeah. chances of winning this. Ruiner.
0: Well, they have a moral win because you titled. did pick against Faith More at least once. Shush, shush. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think yeah. we're in agreement again. All three of us are going to take everything's ruined, I reckon. to the same points you've just raised right then and there. Uh, let's move on. Malpractice versus The Becoming. This one's tricky for me. This one's quite competitive. This Becom- one is. The Becoming I, I didn't hate this quite song. like at the start, but it's grown on me. That one's the song that grew on me. Love the acoustic this, this, guitar and The Becoming.
2: This uh, competition here, Malpractice and The Becoming, I hate this because these are both like top three songs off of each album here. Like. It, you listen to the becoming, like the the intro of the, the kind of off-kelter beat over over that screaming. And all I can think is, of course, this was the one album that was recorded in the Tate murder house, the, the Sharon Tate oh. house where Charles Manson was murdered, which was called Le Pig, I believe, by, by Trent Reznor when he bought the house. Uh, like, this album of all albums would be the one to be recorded there. It's just the whole like the rhythm of this song just everything is amazing the vocals kind of remind me a bit of ozzy which is very very how? in on par with the song how because i i just feel like this song is like this song is playing in a in a pit of like humans just screaming in a random part in hell it's just right somewhere and it's just a an ironic disco just in hell with Screaming humans and Trent Reznor Somewhere in the middle just singing this song
0: I'll add to that visual, yeah. Imran I want to add to that visual a little bit I can kind of see like action film Rubble and ruins from, an e- from a ruined city And it's just rapidly edited And that being the soundtrack But oh, okay. yeah, Something like that But also there's just elements in there It's like, oh no wonder in the 90s The Y2K bug was a thing Because the sounds that come out of that track It sounds like yeah. the incarnate of the Y2K bug Honestly <laughs> yeah.
2: I, my favorite part of this song is the, is the guitar solo and the, and the riffs at the end. The, like, the guitar solo just sounds like a rusty knife or a chainsaw. It's just, it just cuts. It's disgusting and I love it. The, the, like you said as well, the acoustic breaks are, are really nice. Mm. Malpractice in comparison. Uh, at first thought when I was re-listening to this, I, I forgot I was listening to Faith No More and thought I was listening to Nine Inch Nails for a sec, just that little intro. But this song is so menacing. It's monstrous. It's it's threatening. It's I love it. This drowning in evil. The rips. The the riffs in this. The like, patterns Mike Patton's range in this is just. Oh, I I don't know how I don't know how to describe it. The, the um that little soft switch up in the middle, suddenly everything just just descends and there's there's violins and the. It's it just insane. It just, it, the whole song kind of feels like you're at the really scary part of a horror movie for, for four straight minutes. And I absolutely love it. So I've not made my decision yet. This is quite possibly the worst one yet to pick. Matthew. Someone go. Hmm.
1: It's a tough one. It's like, uh, everyone says, the very, very good songs, but different styles. It's like comparing The Godfather to Scarface. figs. Nanchnaels, The Becoming. I like the lyrical themes of turning man into machine. Big fan of Tetsuo, The Iron Man. Very dodgy film about a man who becomes a machine accidentally. Uh, he doesn't really enjoy it. And he ends up embracing it. I think these are lyrics that didn't re- so much mean something back in the day, or maybe they did. But nowadays, you do get the feeling of becoming more machine. The fact that we're all driven with computers and uh, led by phones and so on and so forth. Uh, the music at the start, the the. the- the music at the start, obviously it's all music again, in of the degree. Um it's I like it. I think that's the best thing of the album. Uh sorry, this bit, bit of the song. The ending bit with I'm gonna put this. Um it does this style throughout the album and it's good where it gets louder and heavier in the wall of noise, as I said beforehand. I don't think it's done too well here, just because it's done better elsewhere in the album. But I still like the ideas and themes of it. Faith No More Malpractice, on the other hand. When I first listened to this album, this was my favorite song because I was into the loud, angry music, put you in the face style thing. And this was the closest thing on the album to uh, that style I was listening to. Uh, it wasn't any jazz or anything else like, that obviously inspired Mike Patton at this time. It was all angry, angry, rah, rah, rah. And this is just a brutally aggressive, uh, I don't know you, but I'm going to fight you type song with the just the staggeringly hard... Uh, drums that that riff that sounds like marching, and then the three quarters of the way through the album, it's almost tricks you, deceives you when it starts the do 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 uh, da, do do ah. Oh. We get a bit of a uh, Chukashvili with the uh, samples. This this was my uh, favorite song when I first heard it. Still love it. They're very different songs, but this one's just pure aggressive. This is presumably my pattern, coming off as caffeine high, now on a caffeine low and just wanting to fight someone, reading reports, possibly with the rest of the band. That's why they weren't like, enjoying each other. It's company during this time. Yeah, Jim so Martin was gone after uh, this one. Yeah. He did that and went, yeah. oh, everything's ruined. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <don't> know <laughs> Malpractice, but they're very different songs. It's a hard one, this. But Malpractice, just because of the raw aggression there, and Trent Reznor seems very downbeat for someone who's turning into a computer. He probably would have been very happy as a computer. I think the song should have been happier.
0: Right. Just so Imran gets a bit more time for his decision, I'll go next. Respect malpractice for all the reasons you've mentioned. Love the violin. I'm glad Imran celebrated that with me. That song drowns in evil. Despite the fact not enjoying the becoming on first listen, and there are still elements I don't like, Just because of that acoustic guitar and just based on the respect and the curiosity, I will give the respect to the becoming on this particular battle. Uh, Just out of respect, it has grown on me. And I honestly, that acoustic guitar, kind of like Midlife Crisis, it's been stuck in my head ever since hearing it.
2: Oh, I guess it's up to me now. This is another one that that I can physically feel hurting me. Um, I'm going to have to go with Malpractice it's it sucks i I love the becoming i don't want to down downplay the becoming at all but there's something about my Mar- i just um i love just riffs just the the constant barrage of that song just marching forward pummeling at you like you've got no escape and it's um, it's gonna get you no matter what yeah faith
0: no more faith no more it is uh well we're actually halfway through. So, intermission question for you, Matthew. Are you a Mr. Bungle fan by any chance?
1: I listen to do a bit of them. Okay. They're quite out there. I think I preferred Tomahawk when I first uh, listened to them. But Mr. Bungle, I can appreciate. They cover the Godfather theme. Yeah, I got to, that's another band I've got to probably explore later
0: on after yeah. we, record, re, we record this. All right. Kindergarten versus I Do Not Want This. <sighs> uh.
1: It's not getting any um, easier for you two gentlemen, isn't it? I know, my Jesus. It's like Sophie's choice. God. Um <laughs> I do not want this. I really like the sound of this one. I think the becoming started off good and then just went back to normal. I do not want this. The You know what the sound sounds like to me at the start with the piano and the vocals? It sounds almost like one of these, you know, uh idealistic white-fence-type American places that you see on TV, like, everything's normal, everything's all right. And there's this little subtle uh, subversion midway through. So I like I Do Not Want This. Um, I love this. Again, Night Downs, a lot of the time I spend my time listening to more the, the music, the sounds that are coming out of their synthesizers and guitars, so than I do the lyrics, and often have to go back and listen to them. Whereas Faith No More's lyrics are very front and centre. You listen to them first, and then pay attention to the rest of the music. But um, Kindergarten. By conversion. It's a strange one. It's just... It's it's almost like a song about being confused. A song about not being in the right place at the right time. Uh, specifically kindergarten, really getting held back again and all this stuff. Feeling like you don't belong. But not necessarily in other songs that I've heard from other bands where you don't feel like you belong because you don't fit in and everybody else is wrong and you're right. You can't correct anybody. This song feels like him singing about... You don't fit in because you're wrong. And it's a strange kind of upbeat that then not, and then is again, and isn't. I think my parents likes teasing people on how you're supposed to actually feel about a song. So, if you had to put a gun up my head, maybe a big gun, ha ha, ha and uh, or a big man with a gun, I should say. There you go, yeah. in that reference. I will have to say, I do not want this by Nine Chanels. Imran. I, oh.
2: I have to agree. Kindergarten's a very weird one. I I like the slower groove of the song, like the a lot of guitar harmonics and stuff. The guitar part's really cool. The it feels like just a big orchestra in the background, and then Mike Patton just starts rapping, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> it's it's a it's a really odd song for like, especially for the slower groove, the like the the more lighter feel of the song is just suddenly Mike Patton to just come in so suddenly with just his rapping. It's a, it's a very interesting song. I do like the bass and the, the megaphone part where, where Patton just starts speaking even faster. It's, it's a really interesting song. Um, yeah. in up against, I do not want this. Um, I, I think I do not want this as more of a, it's just a better song. It's got that really spooky, like jazzy kind of piano. Kind of gives me like a 1930s like true detective vibe, real noir type stuff. Um, Trent Reznor kind of sounds like Jonathan Davis in this, uh, in this song from Korn. In, in his lower register, kind of, I don't know, just kind of sounded like him. But yeah, this, this was a cool song. It's uh, It's got that electric like drum solo part. Very very tonal piano solo. It's just got, like a piano it's just going everywhere. The guitar solo uh, towards the end is really cool super like low end type stuff kind of reminded me of Jimi Hendrix, which is really cool. But yeah, the, the, the guitar at the end, I think, and the, just the, the, the lighter, like super spooky jazz kind of, kind of feel of this one. I think we'll have to go. I do not want this.
0: Points to kindergarten for having a bass solo or well, a bass mm-hmm. a solo-ish, for, but for the bass, I just looked at my little fun facts sheet for nine inch nails and i Forgot, but I went and researched this. Apparently, I Do Not Want This had uh, the drummer from Jane's Addiction on the drums. Oh. Apparently. If someone wants to fact-check me that, please do. But uh, that's what I that's what I found somewhere. Again, if it's if it's not true, please do fact-check me. Facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod. I Do Not Want This. You, you've made... You, you two
1: are convincing me, gentlemen. Yeah, chill out. I've never really sat down and like compared song to song. Or is one better than this? This sounds weird because I always just picked... Without going in depth of this, and this name runs explanations, we have gone uh, everything on this album, faith no more. But if we put it track by track, you're like, nah, this is good. Ugh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hmm.
1: I, I'll
0: say this. I think I'll go, I do not want this for the points that both of you have been making. And also, Kindergarten is a bit of a step down after the three previous tracks we've had, which were stellar, properly stellar. Straight mm. after Malpractice as well. Yeah, but, it's, it's hard to
1: top yeah. Malpractice. I think and you need to do that. Like you said, like a wrestling card. Sometimes you need to come down. You have an interview segment, have a comedy match, send like the Clown out or something. And I think that's what this song is. I think all three of us will take uh, Nine Inch Nails on that
0: one. We'll do a quick score update. Uh, Matthew and myself share the same score, 5-3 to Angel Dust, whereas uh, it's 5-3 Downward Spiral for inrun. How lucky is that? Ooh. Okay. Be aggressive versus Big Man with a Gun. And talking about Big Man with a Gun is probably my main point I wanted to get across with Nine Inch Nails. I prefer Nine Inch Nails in quick spurts like this.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this song only goes for a minute and 36 seconds.
0: Yeah. And same thing, same point I could make with March of the Pigs, less than three minutes.
2: Yeah. Uh, Big Man with a Gun. I really like this song, like, a lot. Brutal. Because... It feels longer than a minute thirty six It's just relentless. It does not stop barraging you with just just choppy just keeps going. It just gets worse and worse as it goes along, and then it just stops and yeah not to not to delve too much into the subject topics of both of these songs, but i from what I gather, they're both very similar, but um yeah, like big Man with a Gun is just punk industrial type stuff. Kind of kind of gave me like a Nirvana vibe uh, with that song.
0: Oh, something um, like a Radio Friendly Unit Shifter or a, yeah. like a Variate kind of like, thing. Um, or Settlers Apprentice. Or oh, I hate that song yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't recovered <laughs> from the pod we did with Cypress on that one, Imran. I cannot stand <laughs> that song.
2: Let's not get back into that. Yeah.
0: Thank God anyway. that song went up <laughs> against Frogs, mate. That Oh, thank, oh my God. thank goodness. Don't get me started. But... Um, Um, Yeah, I I see your point. I see your point.
2: Yeah, it's just it's relentless. It just barrages you. It's so good. Um, Be aggressive on the on the opposite end of the spectrum, I guess, is just like introing with this like super super evil like church organ like vampire type beat, I guess, and then suddenly this uh, bass uh, comes in and just super funky beat just hits you in the face and. You've got some more of Mike Patton's like, I guess kind of sing rappy type vocals. But uh this is easily like I I guess I'm gonna call it here. Yeah, this is my favorite song on the album. Like it's just it's super catchy, it's it's punchy, it's funky. The this song is just it's it's aggressive. I I don't know how else to say it. But it's also just I, an outright funk
0: song, and it's got church organs, and it's got cheerleaders. It really damn it! It's got cheerleaders. You,
2: you, you wanted to hear Red Hot Chili Peppers type "Faith No More," then this is what you're going to get. This is the closest. Mm. I, I I love the the three part harmonies, like the the little um, what's it, barbershop quartet type kind of thing that Mike Patton does. Right, the vocal delivery is amazing. I I just love Mike Patton on this song. It's he's just got attitude. It's I love it. The, the vocal delivery I swallow I swallow and then just the the cheerleaders coming in hey,
0: aggressive <laughs> so funny hey,
2: aggressive I love it um I genuinely don't know what I'm gonna pick yet
1: that's okay I know why I'm picking be aggressive straight away for all the reasons Imran said what a catchy song and again having church organs in a song it's always appreciative to see them So yes. associate them with the uh, the villain in a Vincent Price film perhaps. Maybe the abominable Dr. Phoebes or something. But uh, yeah, the subversiveness of Roddy Botton, the openly gay, if you've no more keyboardist, going, right, I've had enough of Mike Patton and his no sleep. I'm going to write some lyrics that he's going to have to go out every night on tour and sing about, giving radio edit um, in front of a crowd of thousands while he sings about being on his knees and radio edit. This is a PG podcast. And I like the fact that I've Mike had no idea because all the stuff he was writing wasn't always making complete sense in um, the fact that he did it. And the fact that it's catchy, that's even worse. It's, even, it's one thing to go out and have some lyrics that are like, oh, okay, you're going to ha-ha. You go out there and have some fun and pick up somebody and radio edit like an animal. But... To have it done in such a catchy way, the B aggressive, B-E aggressive, so good, so catchy, so wonderful, so upbeat when the rest of the song maybe isn't, is one. I do like it when that happens in songs. And it's obviously so good that Marlon Manson thought it was worth stealing. Note for note for Be Obscene. Just saying, you hack. It's not enough he'd steal from Trent Reznor on the other side of the coin. Might as well go for Faith No More as well. You get. If it's not tied down, it's his. Just
2: saying. Marilyn
1: Manson just cannot catch a break. You can't, can he? No, again, but I was a fan. The reason why I'm so passionate is because I was a fan of his music up until Golden Age of Grotesque, which is an album about having no ideas because nothing shocks anymore and being old and past it by an artist who had no ideas anymore who was old and past it. Just saying. Just saying. So, yeah, it's Be Aggressive... B-E, aggressive, I swallow, I swallow. What could that mean? Maybe he's eating some cheese, I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of things, on the other channel, clicking over to Monday Night Nitro, A Big Man With A Gun. I think it's appropriate that it's actually against Be aggressive because the both songs about, what well, I think to be, primal urges. and PG podcast. Because, and that's why it's such a quick song. And that's why it's over very quickly. And the lyrics are about having a big, big man, big gun, fire, 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 spurt, spurt, spurt. And then he's done. I mean, a minute, you know, a minute 30. Sorry to hear that, trend. But so, some of us have, uh, you know, maybe some yoga. Maybe it going to be a longer song. Um, hey, he's,
2: he's a big man with a big gun, I guess. Can't...
1: That's it. That's it. When you've got a big gun, you, you don't have to have good aim. Um, yeah. he's, he's, we're talking about fox hunting, honest. So that makes sense. To me, this song has always been the setup for a warm place rather than a song by itself. So, uh, just putting it on versus be aggressive, no. Big Man with a Gun and a One Place, the combo, maybe that would be an argument worth having. But right now, Big Man with a Gun, no chance against Be Aggressive, sorry. Oh, it gets my point, Big Man with a Gun.
0: Why is that? Uh, pretty much the same reason. It's, I like I like Nine Inch Nails in quick succession, in thrashy, unhinged madness, and it's all, all over and done with. Right, next up, another Faith in the single, A Small Victory versus A Warm Place. Let me just get this right out of the gate. A Warm Place is probably going to get the point for me, but not for the reasons you think. For some reason, I discovered the song as the musical bed to a rendition of the Henry Rollins' I Know You poem. And I thought that was almost perfect atmosphere. So I might end up just taking A Warm Place based on that, because... What a what a musical bed that is. But I, I'll understand if you take a small victory. That that makes perfect sense to me. Oh, I
2: I really like a warm place. That's a it's I think it's perfect on the album where it is in terms of the placement of where all the songs are and where it comes in, especially right after Big Man with a gun, how Big Man with a gun just ends so suddenly and then all suddenly you've just got ambience and mm. just Light melodies coming in, it just it's just a a big landscape, yeah. Yeah, you're you're stuck in a landscape somewhere, and there's a light melody like just in the background, you know, it kind of sounds a bit like crying almost. And Mm. you're just you're just like floating, you know, through this landscape. And yeah, I there's not really much to say about the track, really, but it's just where it is in the album, it's just so perfect because you've had all of these songs just about hatred and loathing and then suddenly you've got this little break this tiny little slither in the album where you can just breathe and i think for that purpose a warm place is perfect on the album where it is small victory on the other side of the coin is like a kind of reminds me of like an 80s pop ballad it gives me like lionel richie vibes until uh until of course he starts rapping it's a nice song, I guess. It's it's got like a darker, it's got that darker riff, the the slow descending screams and stuff. Um, it's that little spoken word part as well. That's really nice. It's it's a nice song. I I'm probably going to pick a warm place here as well, just because a small wow. victory doesn't really stand out to me. I didn't expect that, Imran. I'm, I'm glad I have a bit
0: of company with the, with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But again, my, my reasons for picking a warm place are a bit more anecdotal and a bit more on a personal level. But um either or. Matthew,
1: opinion? Yeah, as I said before, uh, Big Man for gun works builds and builds and builds. I want to do this, I want to do that, ah, I'm done. And then we get a warm place. Perfectly placed, almost intermission song. But because we've had so much build up, we've had the wall of noise, we've had the crunchy keyboards, and um, with the only solace being the quiet bit to start of the song with the funky beats. This hits hard on the overall, as an album, on a, the it's like a from song one to the song end, this, this uh, very relaxing ambient track really does stand out and hit you in a place where you're not expecting it. I think that's nice. It's looking at the absence of things uh, when it comes to, like when I'm watching films and stuff, and sometimes it can really hit you when there's, there's no noise. Oh, and so there's, there's comedy or delivery where there's the art of silence, the art of taking things away. And I think it's beautifully done here. Uh, if there was another song like this in the album, would be like, no, it'd be pretty awful. But it, it's fantastic here at one place. There's only that one very audible lyric. The best thing about life is knowing you put it together. Uh, kind of doesn't really... I, I couldn't figure it out myself. I was checking online. But the fact that there's one lyric and the rest of just just chill. Just take the time out. I could appreciate that. I do like a one place. Any of all, if you listen for this song, I think it, if you listen to it just as it is, maybe not has the same effect. But if you listen to the build up, at least just the, the previous song, I do like it. A small victory is a good song by Faith No More. It's weird that this was a single. Like I wouldn't have picked this to be that. It's lyrically, I like. I really like it because it's about the concept of winning and yeah, actual victory and losing, just sucking. And just the bit at the end—it's—I agree with it. Almost, almost the '80s pop ballad, you know. They're doing his vocals, do 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 do. You know, it's that lovely subversive thing they've no more do with the lyrics, where it's like, oh, this sounds nice, and then just drags you in, and then just the bit at the end though is my highlight. If I spoke at one constant volume at one constant pitch, you know, and just tell you still wouldn't hear. As someone who's worked in retail. I can relate to thinking these, these very same lyrics. They've come up my head many a times and you have to explain to someone for the 33rd time that no, we don't offer that. No, you can't do that with the shop. <laughs> no, we're not gonna say you that. No, I'm not gonna give you that discount. You still won't hear. You still won't hear. So I think that fits. So this is tough. This is tough. Um just to be fair to Trent, I'll go with a quiet place. Quiet please. No, warm, quiet place. <laughs> it's the, a quiet song. I'll pick a song that isn't on the album, to be fair to Trent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no problem. We're all in agreement a warm place. I didn't expect that. I thought I thought I'd be alone on that one. That, that's nice to hear. We're all together in a warm place. We'll do a quick score update, however. Um, first off, I've now drawn it up at five all. Imran, Downward Spiral, still on the lead 6-4. But Matthew, Angel, thus still on the lead 6-4. to So Subverter scores. However, because I've drawn, it's very likely that this entire battle is going to go to a draw. Who knows? We've still got a few songs left to go. And those songs are Crack Hitler and Eraser. Man, what a title. Crack Hitler. <laughs> That's... This is a PG that podcast, is... remember? <laughs>
1: Yes. Oh yeah, great. So yeah, per- perfect for perfect. Those
2: two albums, right? Of course, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um well, to start it off, Crackula. Um that's what a funky song. I I love the the Tom Morello type guitar at the start and then the the, the slap bass that comes in. Kind of get um Phantom of the Opera vibes with this song. <laughs> it's uh it's really cool. It's it it's one of those songs that just it's I, I don't it like it it doesn't particularly stand out, but it's one of those songs that when I listen to i'm like ah oh. like this is this is a bit of a banger you know like it's i I forget about this song sometimes i I like the beat switch in the middle that goes to Mike Patton with his big operatic uh vocals kind of i I picture him on the side of a mountain singing mm-hmm. to like thousands of people in a like a village just belting out his big operatic sexy voice. <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's a great song um eraser eraser is an interesting song i i kind of get tool vibes from this song because the the bass is like very rhythmic like against the drums the the guitar's a bit spooky that little uh that little lick in it the that repeating riff in the in the middle kind of kind of feels like i'm being like sucked into like another hypnotizing like little it's like it's like a thought loop the, the riff just kind of going on. The, the ending particularly with all the distortion and the lyrics just is super hateful, but it's so cool. This is, a, this is actually a pretty tough one for me because these are both just like, I don't know, they're cool songs. They're, they're kind of hard to pick against.
1: Oh, there's a hot tag to Matthew. Um, I'll start off with Eraser. I like how it sounds. I think I've said that about every single N'Ange song so far, but I do love how N'Ange sounded during this period. And how they've always sounded, to be honest with you. Because I'm a very big video game fan, and back in the day, this is. It it makes sense that Trent Reznor was chosen to do the soundtrack for games like Quake, because you can almost hear the bits of Quake and Doom, and all these other vague sci fi fighting demon type games that come out that sounded like this and give the same thematic feels. I also love the fact that everything on this album is crunchy and compressed, yet Reznor's voice alternates between soothing and rough. He is the milk being poured a particularly rough serial and especially in this song here um, I'm going to like the keyboards but you know what I'm just being around the bush I'd be nice to this because this is the bit of the album in uh Angel Dust that I particularly like because these, these last three or four songs mm-hmm. hang on, which we need to listen to that really all fit together as part of this evil episode I Think we have going here from Crack Hitler and all the other songs afterwards it's just they're so bleak and right now, my pattern getting all messed up and comparing himself to Hitler and having the feeling of having lots of people cheering for you and then having the crowd, yay, yay. He just said this thing changes and he starts going, whoa, whoa, whoa like he's getting off. So that's why I'm going to be completely biased here and pick Crack Hitler. And just because it's, it's this and the next three songs that I think are just. And you get this with industrial music quite a bit where there's songs that fit together. Um, it's a word I'm looking for here as a, as a part. I can't remember the word. Sorry. My caffeine's decreasing. But like American Charge did it on their album. They kind of released some others, but they didn't really. But their last songs all fit together the same style rather than being all over the place and writing going from kindergarten The small victory and everything else that we've had in here to RV. And this is they've this, this these downbeat, grim-sounding songs. So, yes, crack Hitler because it's miserable. Imran, final choice. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I really like
2: the, the spray bottle sound at the start of Eraser, but Crack Hitler for me, Sweet. that's a tough one.
0: The way I see it, visually, I can see sitting underground in like the train network, Having you can have the train roaring past and that's the kind of atmosphere of Eraser connotes for me, just train roaring past, that's the kind of soundscape. Hit, crack Hitler, element of a danger all around. But in all honesty, I think I'm picking Crack Hitler with both of you as well. It's The Element of Danger and, uh, yeah, yeah, The Element of Danger, bit of a funky hip-hop style rhythm section. A lot of fun to be had with that. So, yep, we're all taking Crack Hitler. Next up. Yes. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, no, everyone fell over.
2: (laughs) You made me drop my phone.
0: Oh, dear. Jizz Lobber versus Reptile. When I heard Reptile, I wished I was listening to Eraser again. I don't I think Reptile's not a favorite of mine, so I think by default Jizz Lobber's getting the point for me. You two can converse. <laughs> Damn.
2: Reptile's a it's it's a good song. I I like the, the robotic beat of it, like the everything like it's another one of those songs that's very rhythmic. The the intro of it kind of feels like I'm in a city. Like in a really big city, and I'm lost. Um, the the synths or the trumpets or whatever they kind of sound like elephants. So I wrote kind of that cool. down
0: too. I thought I'd, I thought nice. I was crazy when I wrote that down. I'm so glad you've said that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. I actually kind of thought I was. That was a bit of a weird note. I put a question mark next to that here. But yeah, it's. Right, that was a cool song. I I like the western feel of it. It's the guitars like, give me that like cowboy. Like eighteen hundreds, you're riding on a riding on a horse in a, in the desert, but suddenly you're in this weird cyberpunk city. Um, it's it's an interesting one. I don't know. Jizzlobber, I just from the title alone, I think gets the point for me. Just I don't know. It's the straight from the intro, the the weird frog sounds to to the really spooky uh, the synths the the shrams. It, the kind of gives me like i don't know like vibes from like Caius who, um the they're like a old um if you guys know Caius they're like a um nineties like stoner band um what's his name josh hunt Josh yeah, Hon- pre stone Hon. age
1: yeah
2: that's the one kind of gives me those kind of vibes like real groovy um very very dissonant off off kilter off rhythm type stuff. Um, this is easily in my top five Mike Patton vocals, hmm. like very what easily. What range he has on this! Oof. The the really low like Ed, Edgar Allen Poe vibes I get from this song. It's the it's so cool. I don't know, especially the the ASMR breathing in the in the middle of the song. Just everything about the song from start to finish is it's just a classic Faith No More song. And especially once it fades out, and then that weird evil church organ comes in again with the choir. Love it. I, yeah, reptiles cool, but Jizz has got this one for me.
1: Well, yeah. Jizz Lobber, which almost sounds like the the Simpsons where they introduced frogs to Australia and goes, "Oh, frogs! That's a funny name. I was gonna call them Jizz Lobbers." Um, sorry if that. Awful attempted accent. If you've seen the Colbert podcast, we just instinctively do this. It's very British. Feel free to make fun of my accent. Jizz Lover is an evil, evil song. I can hear this playing at the end of a video game if you pick the bad ending. You didn't save the princess. You didn't save the dogs. Everything's burned down. The villain gave you one last chance to, coinc- to side up with him and give him the emeralds, and you gave it to him, and this is the song that's playing as the world burns with you by their side. It's just rotten. It's evil. It's downbeat, and it's beautiful. Uh, the vocals go so well with the just the evil synth, reminiscent of Psycho stabbing scene. And at four minutes in, there's a beautiful guitar section, which I think is very reminiscent of uh, Iron Maiden to a certain degree. And then it's sort of like, oh, now we're going to have a transition. It's almost a tease. It's like, oh, that that was just the downbeat. And it stops and it goes back to the, the plodding and the synth and its downbeat and its ending. And it's rotten. And then it just ends with more church organs again. I think it's a really, really nice way of ending it. Like, that was that was the end. The Especially how prolonged they hold those up. church notes, too. Yeah.
0: To Make it extra, extra dramatic.
1: Yeah. And the only thing I have to say about Reptile is that it, uh, he doesn't have the vocal distorter thing on. I think that helps it stand out. If it hadn't been for that thing, I think the reason why Trent Reznor did this is so he could tell the difference between this and Eraser. Also, do you share my sentiment that Reptile
0: and Razor can blow into one a little bit?
1: Yeah, and I think that Trent Reznor heard that and went, oh, you know what? I'll just take the distorter off that one so I know which one's which. <laughs> yeah, I that's share exactly that. That's the exact conversation <laughs> Trent Reznor had with the producer. Yeah, take, take that thing off, <laughs> click that button there, switch that off. All right, cheers.
2: I, I could agree with that to an extent.
1: It's, yeah, to an extent. All three of us taking taking Lobber, aren't we? Yep. Let's say Jizzloba one more time. Yep. (laughs) Cheers, (laughs) lover.
2: Say it nice and slowly for the camera.
1: Okay. Now
0: we're, now technically we were going to end Faith No More Angel Dust here, but we have decided to go one more. So this isn't the end. It's going to be the penultimate, but we're at the penultimate downward spiral track as well. And that's the title track, but that goes up against Midnight Cowboy. (sighs) Matthew, I'll start with you. The hearts are reappearing on his eyes, by the way.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, (laughs) Because I went into this album with no... Actually, I guess the wrong preconception the first time I heard it. I was rather taken back by how suddenly and dark the album turns towards the end. And then, after especially Jizz Lobby, I think it's easily the evilest song on the album, even ending with the church organs, and there's this silence. And then the harmonica kicks in. And we get this beautiful instrumental of their cover of the Midnight Cowboy theme. And I can still remember the feeling of hearing this song for the first time. Or maybe just because of the build-up, I wasn't expecting it. Even though they've and More, um, they ended on another uh, instrumental with Woodpecker from Mars, I believe, from a previous album. I wasn't expecting to hear this lovely instrumental song kicking in. And it's just perfect. It's just such a, as an ending theme, almost. I see the rest of the album. Yeah, the, the, the album ended on Gizz And this is the credit sequence. It comes up vocals pattern. That's literally what I wrote down. Really? Oh, sweet! Thank you. Sweet. I, I could see your notes. You had them too close to the camera, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is this this. The album's over. Thank you for coming. People are stood up, putting on the coats, getting ready to leave, beat the traffic, and all the while, this just oh, this delicious song is playing. And I've told many people that I would like this song to be played at my funeral because it it's Whoa. such a lovely feel, lovely sound, and a feeling of finality to it. But a hopeful one. they're not considering all the negativity and weirdness that's happened throughout this album. The maybe M1 can say this in wild concerns than myself. The 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 It's they it's upbeat. It sounds upbeat. It sounds positive. We're ending on a The album's over, Jiz Lob is finished and everything's ruined. But Midnight Cowboy, a film about male prostitution, is sending us home on a happy note. God.
0: When you first discovered Faith No More, were you? Was there ever, at any point, being a music fan? Uh, Do you ever consider picking up an instrument? <laughs> I
1: tried doing the harmonica after listening to this. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> Richard O'Brien and the Crystal Maze bit looks so easy. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just do Midnight Cowboy. Everyone will be around at the fireplace and we'll just be singing songs. I'll whip out my harmonica. No, that's not what happened. That's what I envisioned happening, but no, I wasn't able to. Uh, So that's the answer to that. Uh, What about yourself? Oh, Imran season own band. Oh, sweet. I do, unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. (laughs)
0: Well, you know, times are tough. We're all in lockdown here, down here in Australia. In fact, actually, the time yeah. of when we're recording this, we go out of lockdown at right now. If Restrictions begin to ease in 45 minutes from now Ooh. at the time of recording. Yes, they do. I'm excited.
1: Make sure you talk, coincide and play the theme for Midnight Cowboy. Five am going to play that the last... Before. Yeah, yeah, before, you, before yeah. you're allowed out. And so it's the final chord. Let's out, Open the door and run. Oh, no, wait, no, that's bollocks, isn't it? Because we're doing the, the, the bonus song, aren't we? Sorry. In contrast, <laughs> Imran, the downward spiral.
2: Ooh, the oh. downward spiral, the self-titled song off of the album, the downward spiral. This is, in my opinion, or, although maybe in a lot of people's opinion, the darkest song off of the downward spiral. Probably the darkest like the, of both
0: records, in all honesty.
2: Yeah, I I could definitely agree with that it's just from like right from the intro, you've got that the acoustic guitar. Isolated, just playing that downward melody that we were talking about before. The, the, motif. the recurring one. Yep. That um um yeah, just playing just isolated. You've got like a an exhale every two bars. Just the everything in the background just kinda becoming its own thing, just didn't like continues like into that main part of the song. And then just everything once once the all of the instruments kick in and you just got everything laid out, muffled in the background and it's just pushed way into the back while you've got, I'm assuming Trent Reznor speaking in your left ear about something that I, I could not understand it, but he's just talking and it's just, even. yeah. It, like it, it just kind of like the, the main track just kind of feels like it's trying to break through all like that muffled, like compression, but the whole time it's just at the back, and Trent Reznor is just kind of there, I guess, sitting with his acoustic guitar, playing that that melody, but not just speaking. And it's just it's disturbing, and yeah, I this one is going to go to the downward spiral for me. Not to discredit the Midnight Cowboy, it's it's a great it's a great cover. It's got a nice swing feel to it. I, I I like the fact that it's just at the end. It's the it's the rolling credits, but yeah, the downward spiral for me.
0: Yeah, to your point, Imran and Bo, there you go. That's another WWE commentator point. Uh, Turn to your point. Uh, the downward spiral. It's it's almost like the audio form of that opening scene in Apocalypse. Now with the fan and the very yes. stagnant nothingness, and it's just the rotating fan. It's that in audio form, in my opinion, and then it. It Just becomes torturous the longer it goes on. Whew. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: See, I think you, you some of my feelings towards it. I'm not that huge a fan of this track because it's not fun to listen to, which I guess is the idea. Whereas Fake on More can have Jizz Lobber, which is you know just the, the violent piano noise and everything else like that, and the lyrical qualities are negative. This is. This, to me, feels like one of those non-songs that, again, to go back to Manson, because he borrowed everything from Nine Inch Nails and everybody else, um, that would put on these albums just to, you know to break up um, the gaps between other songs. I get what they're going for here, but I'm not really going for it. Or maybe I'm overthinking it and treating this what I think it is. Just the intro to Hurt. To bring it
0: yeah. to not reference it to Marilyn Manson, but instead compare it to the wall, like how oh. the downward spiral has been has been inspired by. Apparently, the downward spiral can be kind of seen. You could compare that to the trial.
2: Yes, definitely. I uh, yeah. I had I kind of had that in mind when um when I listened to the album like again for the podcast, and um it, I heard that it was inspired by the wall. I I thought to myself like this is definitely one of those tracks that's right at the end, like the trial type kind of thing yeah. where it's kind of the, the thing before the main thing, like, like you said, Matthew, about like being the intro to her, it's kind of the, the piece of music that is, is kind of the snapping point before the ending. Yeah.
0: but With that being said, I, I do like thinking things are going to be all right. So I will take midnight cowboy and I'm, Guessing Matthew's going to do
1: the same. Oh, absolutely. No disrespect. And uh, the next one's going to be a fun one. But yeah, Midnight Cowboy, like I said, I want to pay them a funeral. Maybe we could play the downward spiral afterwards to get people out and I'll uh, <laughs> make sure that <laughs> <room>. the. <laughs> <laughs> Save
0: yeah, some be... money
1: on. Yeah, right. The, the DJ going, <laughs> you, you can go where you like, but you can't stay here. Sticking this
0: on. <laughs> Much like how the downward spiral is the trial, hurt is the equivalent to Outside the Wall, and as we said at the start, we're going to put that up against Easy, Fate No More's Lionel Richie
1: cover. Matthew, we'll start with you. Given what I said before about The Beauty of Angel Dust being those last stanza, there, we'll go with that, of those last songs getting more and more downbeat and negative and then just climaxing with Night Cowboy, having Easy tacked on the end, I guess why why uh companies do this with songs that are popular and stuff like that. But as a as a song, as a cover, I like it, enjoy it. Easy like Sunday mornings, a nice expression, and Faith No More we're able to do that. Yeah, yeah, we're hard we're alternative. We're gonna play all these little soft ballads whenever we want to as well. Just saying. Um it's nice, but I do not consider it part of Angel Dust. But obviously with the amount of tracks it has to balance against Downward Spiral. So as much as I love them, as much as I love the song we used to be the anthem for uh, Goals on Sunday as well in Sky Sports over here. Nine Inch Nails Hurt. Still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Decades later. I mean, the lyrics... I often thought I was listening to the lyrics the right way. Now I see what Imran thinks of it and yourself, obviously. But first of all, it sounds amazing and brutal and stunning and it's negativity and I think it's days I have of my life I have had days like this I hurt myself today to see if I still feel is a brutal opening line to set up the rest of this brutal song that is still stunningly beautiful at the same time and stunningly beautiful when listened to as a slow version by yourself in your house you're feeling miserable or when I saw them at Leeds Festival and they finish with this and in a crowd of people it it, it hits differently because, you know, when he, the quiet bits before he starts the next lyric, people go, yeah, in between. Because it's like, yeah, it's a heartbreaking song. And well, that, that I'm sure a lot of people on that crowd could relate to. But it's so beautiful to see and listen to by Trent Reznor, who is still amazing live. So, the bit at the end, actually, you know what? I'll say that, that that's my preamble. Yeah, not uh, hurt, hurt by a country mile. I think it's the highlight of the album. In a different way, I wouldn't go to a club and say, Oh, Pelt, uh, can you uh, please play hurt by they that'll, that'll really get the crowd going, but I think it's just a st- stunning I, I'd get song. pretty and rowdy I, if I heard hurt, yeah, yeah, hurt! you know, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's I'm picking that when I want to hear Imran say some things and I'll ask him some questions, yeah. I mean, in terms of Faith No More, easy is a really good cover.
2: I. To to fact check you, Jason, it was it's covered by the Commodores. Oh, okay. Uh, I was before Lionel Richie. Okay, he did cover. It. Yeah, um, Easy is easily one of my um ah, pun um top five Mike Patton vocals in terms of Mike Patton. Just like I I don't know why it's just one of those songs that just hits me, but um up against Hurt, that's a that's a completely different story because what we've got here is one of the not. Like I said before, the downward spiral is the heaviest song on the on the album, but hurt is just a different level of heavy. It's it's a level of heavy that that hits you in places you do not expect to be hit. It's it, it's got a guitar riff that's it's a bit spooky. It's like reaching for a reaching for something that quite can't, quite can't be hit, but wants to be hit. It's it's got these really solemn vocals over the top. It's got a really nice chorus, almost like, like Johnny Cash style, like nice country, just yeah, you know, what what you'd expect a I guess a normal song to be. But it's just one of those songs that just reaches a place that you, it's it's reaching for a spot that you it never reaches, and once it as it progresses as it, as the vocals get more softer and more, more solemn, it, it reaches this point where right at the end, all the instruments just hit you in the face and just leaves, just leaves itself open for, I guess like a minute or two to just like dissolve. I don't, it's, it's such a, it's, it's such an unexplainable song where you need to listen to it to, to fully understand what's happening in it. But Hurt has easily got my point here because of just in terms of the album, in terms of an artistic piece as a song, it is fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's way easier to say something negative about stuff because you'd be like entertaining with your insults. When it's something's really truly moving and beautiful, it's sometimes I struggle. But oh my god, yeah. it hurt. It, like, how do you describe something that hits you like like
2: hurt by nine inch nails? It's I I can't think of anything that has ever hit me like this, especially in terms of an album that's gone through what it's gone through and then ended on a song like "Hurt." It. Mm.
1: it's yeah i think it's like the more successful brother to uh mad world just because in terms of the lyrics i mean my sweetest friend everyone i know goes away in the end i think i'm older than the pair of you uh the amount of people and friends and family i've had who have passed away sadly is in the uh, double digits now that lyric gets me it probably will still get me um like, every time I listen to it, because that's all I think of is like, oh, yeah, all those numbers on my phone that I've not deleted. I'm just keeping around just in case they ring one day, you know. Um, so, yeah, it can in the right mood, this could be a beautiful song. But the last bit, if I could start again a million miles away, I would keep myself, I would find a way. I've had no people who think that's an upbeat way of doing it. Because apparently, the lyric, obviously, the, the entire story of the album the lyric is lyrically supposed to be about, you know, this is this man's journey becoming more machine. And that's what that last song apparently meant. He's become a machine. And this, or this is him ending it. Um, and this is supposed to be like, now he's passed on, now he's somewhere else. And that's why it's obviously solemn and quiet and completely different than the previous songs. But I always thought that lyric then wasn't him going, if I could do this all again. I would change my ways or anything. It's not a positive note. I always thought I would keep myself. I would find a way. Referred to, if I did this again somewhere else, I'd still do it again. I'd still make those mistakes. I'd still become this person. What do you think, Imran?
2: I I like that interpretation. Uh, it's definitely a lot darker, I guess, than what.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it is. But I mean, is is that what
2: you've got or? i i imagine this is like the end as this is like if he was to do it again he he probably wouldn't but it's no backing out now this is this is the last track so this this is kind of it is what it is and boy what a thing it is
1: yeah because I would keep myself, like I think I'm such an ambiguous expression, keep myself, like keep myself as me. Mm. You know, everything that sums up me, all the Warts and all, as they say it over here. Um But I think other people are like, no, 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 it's not it's not saying that, much. That's on an already negative album. You thought that's the interpretation? I'm like, yeah, you don't think that? It's like, oh. I might have to post that on Facebook because like, what do people what are, how do people say this? Because I'm sure people go, How dare you? <laughs> no, it's a happy song. It's like meh. <laughs> yeah stunning though and even more stunning than having even more tone change to it and feelings when johnny cash covered it years later oh uh, yeah because there's something about singing a song like this a song um sung a song like this uh when you're in the young part of your life and you're successful everything's going all right for you i believe Nails were a success by this point financially and everything else commercially so they're sing a song about being downbeat and stuff it's obviously you're not singing it now are you you're singing it thinking like that, role-playing as someone there. So to have Johnny Cash go, yeah, um, looking back at his life and maybe looking at regrets, wearing this crown of thorns upon this and feeling hurt because he's old, that's a completely different interpretation. I think it's possibly even more negative than Nine Nails original. Still beautiful though, obviously.
0: I'm so thankful you gave that interpretation to me because you've put into words I, I would not have been able to put that in words and the way you have done it is fantastic so thank you very much for that
1: thank you I, I agree
0: use, uh, 10 more words needed when only one is required no problem <laughs> because that
1: way I've got a better chance of getting it right
0: <laughs> well yeah all of us agree hurt gets the point fan fantastic hearing your perspectives on that I really do appreciate that and how about that we're at the end well done everyone wow I did not
2: think <laughs> I'd get just, here.
1: Yeah, it's just all good, time. Yeah. Yeah. We made yeah. it right
0: now. <laughs> we made it and that's now it's time to see who wins. Honestly, I'll, go on. I'll start first. I could Angel have it all. Dust. So the first grand point goes to Angel Dust with me 8 to 6. Imran, downward spiral one for you 8 to 6. So it all comes down to our guest Matthew Greg. The man behind mania You can hear him every Friday on YouTube, Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you check out uh, Scott's blog of Doom for his Weekly article because yeah, it's most yeah, underrated yeah. thing he does. Thank you, pal. Faith No More, 9. Downward Spiral, 5. Angel oh. Dust <laughs> wins the day.
1: <laughs> yes! Surprise, surprise. Yes! So, That's Downward right. Spiral does my, walk away with a moral win,
0: though, Matthew, because we were
1: able to get a few points out of you for the downward spiral. I think it would have been a horrible appearance so I'd come on and go, "Yep, yeah, they've done more wins. Yep, yeah, another victory for Patton. <laughs> Patton win as many, winning as many victories as general Patton. That, Fantastic, yes. you know. He does no, not need really any horrible. more.
2: He does not need any more rewards than, than what he's already got. He's already, he knows. He knows he's the best.
1: That's right. Tomahawk, Bungle. Probably some other bands by the time we finish this podcast will be out. Busiest man in the world of rock
0: well one of the reasons why i put this podcast together was for
1: an expert on
0: faith no more and an expert on nine inch nails to help convince me become a fan of the band or at the very least explore more of the band because that's what the stand for there's a lot of music out there at a young age that you need to there's a lot i feel like there's a lot of metal essentials that i haven't gotten around to so here we are at the end and i can say i want to explore more faith no more most definitely, and I'm probably going to be checking out the fragile yeah, soon. Do. I reckon I'll check out the fragile next after this. Yes, you spot. do.
2: You definitely need to check out the fragile. That's that's not coming from me. That's just that's just blasphemous that you have not listened to that yet.
1: <laughs> I'd recommend with teeth. To be honest with you, I heard more like okay. with
2: teeth is also in, really good. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, just again. Trent, some bands, when they get successful, they lose the ability to relate to people and they lose their edge and stuff like that. It's covered by many, many songs. Trent Reznor, of all the wonderful stuff he's had to do and success, still managed to get me in the feels with Every Day is Exactly the Same. I'm like, how oh, dare you? Stop making songs about my life, Trent. How dare you? But again, wonderful sounding album. And Faith No More. If you love Angel Dust, you'll be happy to hear that King for a Day sounds nothing like it. <laughs> 'Cause they completely changed their sound and style. King- Very <laughs> brave of them. But controversial
2: is- take. King for a day is slightly better than
1: Angel does. I've heard many people say this. Maybe they're right. There are some bangers on uh, King for a Day. But come on. I don't Angel know, Dust man. Ev- Evidence
2: album. does it for me. <laughs> <sighs> look, I'm I don't a-
1: know man I mean look, it's it's a it's a great um Ricochet is Ricochet. Uh,
2: the one that my um, default code to. Her song, Star ID," I love that song ah, so yes. much. So yeah, much. I you do, you really do like not understand whole. how much I love that song.
1: Yeah. Um, also a fan of... Um... Oh, God, it's been a while. Sorry, the individual songs. And every night I shut my eyes. Come on, Matthew, don't forget the name of the song. And oh, my God. See the light. Wait, I Just a Man, The Closer, yes. Mm. Oh. It, it, it's a really good album. It really is. Yeah, you know what? Listen to it. Um,
2: King for a Day, All for a life. King lifetime. for a Day. Go ahead.
1: Take This Bottle as well. Take This Bottle. That is day a great is song.
0: Bon-
2: Wait, what's that other song? Um, oh, no, the name's escaped me. But give me a second.
1: No reason. And uh, just skip album of the year. You really get everything you need off that from um, Cup of Sorrow. Just move on to uh, Soul and instead. Yes,
2: I haven't listened to album of the year actually.
1: Eh, yeah, it's a band that some bands release albums and you go, yeah, they couldn't be bothered. Yet. I just still love. It. I love them calling it album of the year. No, it's not because they knew it <laughs> wasn't. And you, yeah. It absolutely yeah. was not the album of the year, by far.
2: That is definitely something Faith No More would do, is name one of the albums the album of the year.
1: Yeah, really good. The like, album by Faith No More. It's not really good, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Look at this, hey.
0: Two blo- two young people from Australia are bonding with a man in the UK who likes wrestling over Faith No More. What
1: a, what a wacky like, You know, the, I've had the the beauty of so many years of being able to go anywhere I believe I like to and listen and watch wrestling with people, complete strangers, and turn strangers into friends with the love of wrestling. But it's been a while since I've gone and met new people and friends just via the power of music. But there definitely is that love of people who love alternative music or rock or whatever genre you want to put these all into because really it is almost like, despite the fact that they sold millions, if you know more on 9 channels, they're still seen as alternative because you would not hear uh, Crack Hitler on the radio anytime soon. So the fact that we can all meet together and have these mutual interests, despite being very far apart, uh, despite being very different people, despite me not having to worry about spiders, uh, yeah, I think it's beautiful. Uh, And on that note, Matthew,
0: as a personal fan of hearing you every week on the Cultaholic podcast, the fact that you've taken the amount of time you have to speak with us on this podcast today, or, well, today for you, tonight for us, uh, it is not lost on me, and I sincerely and profoundly thank you
1: taking the amount
0: of time you have tonight
1: thank you Matthew no thank you for having me honestly uh J- Jason and Imran Imran for making me more obvious that I don't know how to describe music <laughs> it's like it's,
0: he does the same like, thing with me like he's our MVP it
1: went bloop, bloop, bloop.
0: <laughs> oh trust <I'm> me Matthew <laughs> every every podcast we do if I need some help with putting words into what I think about the music I call Imran he's our man
1: yeah good you're, you're the glue Keep it together Imran thank I you I try and, uh, and Jason, thank you for your optimism and uh, a positive outlook. It's what's needed in the world.
2: If this discussion has raised issues with you or somebody you know,
1: you can contact one of the following services. Beyond Blue on one 22 46 36 Kids Helpline, one eight hundred fifty five one eight hundred, 55 1800 Lifeline, 13-11-14.
2: And the National Sexual Assault Hotline, one 800
0: 737-732. Faith No More Angel Dust wins the day on this battle, but I reckon the downward spiral walks away with a couple of moral victories. One being, as mentioned, we got Matthew to pick against Faith No More at least once. But also, when we polled you, the listener, over at facebook.com forward slash sin. Nine Inch Nails, the downward spiral, trounced Angel Dust with 90% of the vote. So each side comes out of this battle looking great. Especially considering that at the start of this battle, the feeling very much was Faith No More is probably going to pitch an entire shutout. However, I think you can agree with the poignant words of Imran and Matthew that by the end of this battle, Nine Inch Nails were redeemed. Now, my profound thanks goes out to Matthew for taking the time to speak with Imran and I on the show. It was a great conversation. See what he's up to regarding Botchamania by following him on Twitter, at Matthew Gregg, that is Gregg, Gregg double G, kind of like Road Dog. Also, catch him every Friday or Saturday, if you're Aussie, like me, on the Cultaholic Wrestling podcast on the YouTube channel Cultaholic Wrestling. And again, not to be outdone, because I really do think it's the most underrated thing he does. Check out his articles on Scott's Blog of Doom, where currently he is reviewing 2010 game show era NXT. <sighs> the Brave Soul. If you want to stay up to date with this show, the best way to do that would be through facebook.com forward slash metal standoff pod and through Sin's main metal show, Mosh Pit on Sin. Thursday nights at 8pm on 90.7 FM radio, digital radio, or online at syn.org.au from your preferred device. Wow, what a great podcast that was. That's all for now, until next time, metal up your ass.